0: Welcome to the Undead Wookiee podcast, episode 60, Black Christmas from 1974. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly ish podcast focusing on horror and sci fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at The Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I am your co host, as always, Hugh Lloyd, and on this episode, we will be discussing black christmas from 1974 now before i introduce my very special co-host for this episode let's check out the trailer
1: The girl's been murdered. Mr. Harrison's daughter is missing. And now, at the house where she lives, the other girls are getting obscene phone calls.
0: Yeah, what I've done is I've tapped this phone so that when it rings, it'll ring at the station house, too.
2: There was a little girl murdered over in the park
0: tonight. Yes, I heard.
1: Your phone's ringing.
0: Terminal 55. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I am joined by a very, very, very special guest on this show. The one, the only, you will probably know her from her sterling work on YouTube over at Top Ten Beyond the Screen and Top Five Scary Videos. My, one of my personal favourites. I've got to be honest, one of my personal favourites. The one, the only, Lucy McVie. How the devil no. are you?
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I'm all right, and I will apologize on air for waking you up at four a.m. this morning.
1: That's okay. I've I've moved on. I forgave you.
0: That'll sound really creepy to anybody who's just listening. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't actually physically um, wake Lucy up at. That would
1: have been four. quite impressive if you did wake me up physically.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> considering you're in Canada. Um, I am in Canada. Yes. Yes. Which. <laughs> It's a bit of a distance between Canada and Pontypool. So, it, um, it is it's it, it, yeah. quite the ways. Yeah, and it does sound rather strange it, and quite scary considering we're talking about obviously a, a slight, you know, a uh, slasher stalker kind of.
1: I mean, it would have been on brand and I probably would have respected it.
0: True, true. I mean, it's like I said to my wife, I said, I knew we would be together the first time I saw you through my night vision. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. That- <laughs>
1: that's that's fantastic <laughs> and dark on so yeah. many levels <laughs> so many levels
0: but i respect that yes and it's quite interesting because this is actually genuinely probably our, well on first verbal conversation that we're having everything else has been done through text and you're probably regretting it right now <laughs> brilliant <laughs> so welcome so brilliant. to the undead
1: wookiee Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
0: Excellent. And we, of course, are talking about well. Actually, it's, it's very on Brand. You've been on Canada, uh, being in Canada, yes. and we are talking about one of Canada's great horror exports, uh, next to Brian Adams. Um, <laughs> gotta Excellent. Them. So we're. Um, I'm not making any friends with that one. Um, no. So we, of course, are talking about Black Christmas from yes. 1974 yes um, indeed now i saw this as we were talking about just before we started recording um a long time ago a very very yeah. long time ago and i was probably far too young to be watching it when i did <laughs> um right and actually i think i watched this with my dad uh um, oh i think he brought it back from like the the, the video sh- the video shop um yeah and where we had the top load of video
1: oh you know, wow yeah you press that's yeah, the way- yeah, I'm a now.
0: Yeah, yeah, back in the day. You, you open it up and the house would shake. Um, oh, I can't relate. <laughs> you you are aware that there was something called VHS vaguely?
1: Um, I vaguely remember having a VHS, but ah. I've uh, erased it from my memory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not enough room. So, I no. mean, I we, we, like we were saying uh, beforehand, we, I sort of went back and I sort of watched this um a long, long time ago, and then watched it again, and I'd forgotten how
1: disturbing
0: this film is,
1: yes, incredibly disturbing it actually, I watched it again last night, and it really it it fucked me up a little bit
0: yeah, yeah, it does <laughs> um yeah, and what it's and it sort of it it stays with you
1: it really does
0: it's got that sort of like that hallmark of that classic. Of a classic horror, really, that it just sort of it just it just manages to linger.
1: Yes, I agree. And I, I think it's because there's no resolve at the end. That's the thing. There's no resolution.
0: No, like, no, nothing at all. Nothing at all. No. And I love a dark open ended end. you know, an open end to a film. I really I, I there's something that I really sort of I quite I, I enjoy that open end. But this actually left me just thinking, oh, God, he's still out there. <laughs>
1: He is. And there's
0: no. He so, is there 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 is no um there is like you said, there's no resolve and no, and everybody thinks it's resolved.
1: Yes. That's the thing.
0: So when did you first come across this one?
1: I watched it I came to it late in life, I have to admit. I watched it I think my third year of university. Um and I watched it at Christmas as a Christmas movie. Of course. Um and I loved it. I, I don't even think I appreciated it as much as I did again last night. Um, yeah. but it's one that the more you watch it, the more you the more you appreciate it. It's such a well made horror film.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I've discussed it a few times because it is kind of the hallmark of the slasher genre. It's kind of the one that kick started the whole thing. I know a lot of people say Texas Chainsaw did it, but The end of the day, Texas Chainsaw doesn't really follow the rules.
0: (laughs) No, no, it doesn't. Um, No, and I like for me, I've always had this kind of. I remember getting into a big sort of nerdy debate with somebody about whether Black Christmas is a slasher or it's a jalo.
1: Interesting,
0: because because obviously, I mean, particularly with the um, with the use of POV.
1: And right. Okay. Obviously
0: um Carpenter, John Carpenter used like the you know, the um, the not he didn't use the steady cam. What did he actually get? It was something else. I can't remember what uh, he But he used it anyway, getting he, he sort of used the you know in Halloween. Famously the open, yeah. the long the, the long sort of um steady cam um, yeah. shot in Halloween. But um, here we get to see that you know, and obviously this is 74, so it's a number of years before mm-hmm. Halloween appeared. Um, yeah. And I know Car- uh, John Carpenter and the director of this, Bob Clark, um, were good friends and they discussed lots of different elements together. Um, right. But the use of point of view, you know, from the killer's point of view in this, um, mm-hmm. does give it that Jalo feel. I mean, obviously he's not um, wearing black gloves. No. And And um, he's, you know, and... But it does have that sort of that feel of it, and particularly the sort of the voice and everything else. Particularly when you get the get to the like the phone calls, and the sort of those, it does have the feel of like even like the New York Ripper, a you know, full film.
1: Yeah, that's not something I ever thought of until you just said it. Actually, which is really interesting. Now I'm torn.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it, it, you know, but obviously the one thing it did do is it, 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 sort of, it established those ground, you know, or not the ground rules, but it, it sort of, it started, it was the start of the, all, all the seedlings for that genre, isn't it? For the, for the slasher. And it's sort Oh, of, definitely. Now, this is the other thing that blew me right away with it, with, with this, is the cast.
1: Oh, a, the cast is phenomenal.
0: It is a super, Whew. it's a superb cast. I mean, obviously you know it was written um by uh, roy moore um it mm-hmm. was directed by bob clark who amazing yeah i mean obviously roy uh, um sort of bob clark is responsible for um the seminal classic um karate dog
1: <laughs> how i uh, i must have missed that one <laughs> yes
0: or, or or some of his other sort of work um baby geniuses
1: Okay, and uh, subs- another one I'll add. And the I'll add that to my sequel, list.
0: Baby Geniuses 2.
1: Oh, wow. There's a franchise on our hands. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, <laughs> earlier on in his career, um he did, you know, he, of course he did Porkies, he did Porkies 2. Um, he did A Christmas Story. Which is, is, is brilliant.
1: Yeah. It's absolutely, Amazing. Absolutely.
0: It's, it's just phenomenal. Um, arguably
1: the best christmas movie of all time
0: yeah i think it's up there i think it's definitely in the top 10 yeah um, i agree with that you know i think it's a it's a great film but he also did um oh with dan Aykroyd and gina hackman loose cannons oh which is a terrible film but i love <laughs> it i love it it's a really it's just a ridiculous film
1: um, guilty pleasure
0: oh absolutely and you can see that Gene Hackman is just dying of embarrassment the entire time
1: <laughs> I love that <laughs> oh.
0: just, you can just see he is just dying the entire time that he's on camera but he's just thinking think of the money think of the money think of the money
1: but I love when actors are embarrassed to be in movies I love seeing the pain on their face
0: <laughs> except John Travolta because in the, the, the fanatic mo- <laughs> at the moment I, you know I don't know what he's doing
1: I don't, I, I don't know what's happened, but I'm here for it in every single way. I recently watched The Fanatic, and I don't think I've ever been in as much pain, both mentally and physically, in my whole life.
0: No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh. Um, but the alarm bells were ringing um, yes. when it said, uh, directed by Fred Durst. Yep. Yes. <laughs> there was... A, there, I you know you you think John Travolta Pulp fiction Saturday night fever um yep. you know broken arrow uh, <laughs> face off <Air> spray <laughs> spray grease you know this man yeah. is you know he is a legend and yet, yes so you know somebody persuaded him I you know I could, I'm sure there was quite a bit of there was numerous numbers after it
1: but yes. to make the
0: film And just looking at the trailer and his hair. it
1: it, The hair, the acting, it is very offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Incredibly offensive. His character has some kind of unnamed disability that they never mention, but it makes it ten times more offensive. It is so uncomfortable. You can't (laughs) fully look at your screen. You don't know what's happening. The plot is atrocious, is and then it begins as this somehow like stalker movie where he's just obsessed with this actor, and then it turns into some kind of slasher at the at the end of it, and it's baffling.
0: Is it? Does it have that sort of uncomfortable level of an elderly relative making a slightly racist comment?
1: Exactly. Where it, every,
0: everybody in the room is going, oh, it, I don't exactly.
1: know. Exactly. <laughs> It felt, the only thing I can compare it to, I don't know if you've seen the movie Foxcatcher. Yes. Yeah. That, I had the same feeling as though you're watching something that you're not supposed to be watching. Yes. Like you're, like this was someone's private film and they should have kept that to themselves.
0: <laughs> you know, I, look, and I, and I always feel bad, um, whenever I say sort of, sort of, you know, when I'm really disparaging about a film or a director or an actor because don't, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I've recently just sort of, I'm still editing my short film that I've just made. And I made a oh, few great. other pieces and, you know, and, I, you know, I can, I get the struggle, you know, that nobody ever, ever sets out to make a bad film.
1: No, never.
0: But some people take the fucking piss. Because, they really do. Because they just make, well, it's like the speed. Have you seen the one where he's some kind of championship speedboat racer?
1: Oh no. <laughs> you no, I've missed that one.
0: You know, stu- you know, but there we go. We digress. Sorry, we digress. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, the cast of Black Christmas. Um, incredible. Now, it is incredible. You've got Olivia Hussey.
1: Amazing.
0: Who had just finished making um, Franco Zeffirelli's Romeo and Juliet.
1: Yes, which was fantastic.
0: Y- yeah, yeah. And she is, she's a superb actress. She really, really is. Um, yes. You've got, um, Care Duller. From, yeah. uh, of course, 2001 Space Odyssey. Of course. Margot Kidder.
1: Who's just amazing in every single way.
0: Yes. Um and then, uh, we get John Your Saxon. Your favourite? Yes. <laughs> you know, I love John Saxon for a number of reasons. One, he was rope burning into the dragon. Yes. Um and two, his hairpiece is, <laughs> is just, is just amazing. It's just... Would you... Yeah, I think it should have won an Oscar.
1: Would you say the hairpiece was the star of the film?
0: I don't think it gets enough credit. Okay, Um, I agree with that. I I love. There's a really, really good story actually, and I found this out when I was sort of just doing some sort of, you know, doing some research and sort of looking back at it. Where he was sat down with the director, and he takes Mm -hmm. out two boxes, um, and the director's like, "Okay, what's going on here, John?" And he says, "Well." What type of hair do you want? Oh. And the director goes, pardon. And he takes out of the, he takes out two different hair pieces and he says, longer or just cut.
1: Oh my gosh. Which. That's amazing.
0: Which is genius. Which is absolutely. It is genius. But he is just so cool the entire time. He is just so so cool. cool. And I mean, you look, you look at his credit, you know, his, his film credits. I mean, this man has been in, He's, I think it's, it's sort of, he's been in well over 200 films. Yeah. Ranging from, obviously from this, uh, to Enter the Dragon, to, uh, A Nightmare in Elm Street.
1: Yeah, my favourite film. I love that.
0: You know, he has done, you know, he's done everything. He's been at yeah. everything. And he's, he's a superb character actor. And I think, cause originally this part was going to be played by another actor.
1: Oh no. Um, that would have been
0: a travesty. It, and unfortunately, the this actor was quite a he was sort of um he was coming to the latter part of his career. Um, okay. but it turns out that he was actually in the early stages or, or the mid stages of Alzheimer's.
1: Oh and he arrived okay. on
0: set and they soon realized actually he's in no fit condition to actually continue filming. So they oh, wow. quite literally phoned um John Saxon, who had a relationship uh, who, who was friend, had a, you know, was, had a good working relationship with, um, the, the guy who did the soundtrack for Black Christmas, his name, if only there was some kind of internet movie database that I could look his name up on. Um, the composer of <laughs> the soundtrack, uh, for yeah. this. And, um, and literally within two days, um, he was on set. And the first, That's scene, amazing. the first scene that Saxon, um, is filming, is uh, he literally got off the plane, got into costume, yeah. and it's the scene in the park where they go looking for this girl. Oh, and oh, So, geez. you know, which is impressive.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I had yeah. no idea.
0: You know, it's, um you know, and we, you know, even in, you know, we look at some of the lesser characters, some of the supporting characters in this. You've got um, Art Hindle, who has been in everything. Yeah. Um You've got Doug McGrath, who mm-hmm. famously played the PE teacher in Porky's. Um, <laughs> How could I forget? Yes. Andrea Martin mm-hmm. uh, is in it, who is, you know, uh, of course, she went on to do, um, is it My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. Yeah, she did that. And the sequel, yep. Um, yep. you had uh, Marion Waldman, who is superb in this as the house mother.
1: She is by far the greatest character in the film.
0: She And the, the, the way in which she sort of, you know, everywhere there's booze.
1: Everywhere in the toilet. Yes, <laughs> I love that.
0: You know, you've got a problem where you're fishing out cherry from the
1: toilet. It's a slight problem. It's manageable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm functioning with it. I'm aware it's there, but I, yes. you know, you know. I suppose <laughs> it could be quite handy. You're tired in the morning.
1: Just exactly. Sort
0: of dip into the into the tank at the top of the toilet. Never have a, a glow yeah. cherry.
1: You don't need to go on the hunt for anything. It's one. In each room. Yes. It's fantastic.
0: Absolutely. And then you've got <laughs> Lynn Griffin is in this, uh, Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Again, another actor who has been in everything. Um, and the, the actual voiceover, another voice on the phone. It's a yeah. combination of uh, Frank Mancuso and okay. Bob Clark, the director.
1: Interesting. I didn't know that.
0: So um so so the two of them together um everything was recorded in post Oh and wow okay none of the actresses had any idea of what was being said on that phone
1: Oh that's crazy so, I did not know that
0: Yeah, none of them knew and it I think it's fair to say it's fairly explicit
1: Yes oh it is
0: you know, and in the UK it was banned. That, that, that bit was cut. They made it, they made it. I can cut. imagine. They made him, the, the, that scene was cut, and it's only just been, um, put back in.
1: That does not surprise me at all.
0: It's sort of, you know, it's, um, which, because again, that's something that, that sort of stayed with me. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, and the sound. The, uh, the,
1: it's, you know, it's so eerie, it's so, it's horrible, it's unsettling.
0: Yeah, and I think that, like, the, you know, throughout the film, actually, the whole soundscape of the film uh, mm-hmm. is deeply disturbing. And the use of the piano as well. Yes. Is 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 really sort of... Is, is, is just, it's just... There's something just off, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is something off.
0: What are the... You know, so what are the bits in this that really sort of stick out for you? When you sort of... Anybody sort of mentions Black Christmas, what are the bits that automatically jump out for you?
1: Well, I would ha Obviously, the... Um plastic bag over the head, but that's just iconic. Yes. Even in all the remakes, even the third one that we don't talk about. No. Um, <laughs> um, But I think Margot Kidder as a whole, her character, her death, that yeah. stands out to me, because I think her death was the most impactful. The fact, because it was so contrasting, it was, she yeah. was being murdered by killer upstairs while, um, Olivia Hussey is listening to carolers outside the front door. And It's yeah. so contrasting. It feels so uncomfortable because no one can hear her screaming. It's, it, that really affected me.
0: Yeah. Is
1: there yeah. any,
0: uh, I mean, are there any sort of, um, I mean, Margot Kidder is, you know, I watch, I, strangely enough, on two occasions now, um, over in the last couple of days, I've kind of been stalked by Olivia Hussey and Margot Kidder, Kidder, um, <laughs> Not, not, not physically, because that would just be really, that, really strange. Um, that would be concerning. Yes, the, the sort of floating spirit of Margot Kidder and then <laughs> Olivia has seen lurking in the bushes in Pool. But the, um, I watched, I rewatched the Amateurville horror. Oh, the, the original? The original, whilst I was writing yes. presents, just to get me in the sort of, uh, uh, the Christmassy mood. And mm-hmm. um, as you do, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, followed by John Woo's Hard Boiled. So okay. I, I was really in the I was really in the festive spirit. Um, of course, of course. And um, so, 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 so uh, without thinking, really, there was Margot Kid and her performance in that is probably I think it's it's one of the best performances in the film. Yeah, um, in, yes. in, in, in Um And then I watched um, the I think it's. Murder on the Orient Express with... No, it wasn't. Death on the Nile, sorry. De- Agatha Christie's okay. Death on the Nile with Peter Ustinov. Okay, and, I haven't and, seen that and, one. As Poirot. Oh, it's superb. It's absolutely yeah. superb. My wife is a massive fan of Agatha Christie and is just like, knows everything. It's sort of... I'll have to check it out. It's really... Peter Ustinov is... And I'm going to say something really controversial now. People will go, okay. well, What about Peter Suchet? David Suchet? <laughs> um, but I think uh, sort of Ustinov is the best Poirot. Oh, I think he is Wow, I really, really do. I really because he's just he's just superb in it. Um, okay, But yeah, it now I'll
1: but, check it out.
0: But the two of them were in there, and there couldn't be more contrast in films. Yeah, but there's always something slightly edgy about Margot Kidder.
1: There is there's something I really like. Well, liked about her. Yeah. Um, such a good actress, especially in this film. I just loved. I appreciated. I think, as a whole, why I liked this film so much was it went against every horror movie of that time, which was that almost all of the characters had were edgy, um, went against the norm. As in, I mean, one had was pregnant, yes, out of wedlock, Uh, yes. (laughs) (gasps) Margot, Margot Kidder was, I know. Hussy Olivia Hussey um, is a oh yeah. my
0: God, I've just made hussey. that connection, yes,
1: Hussy is a hussy, Yes. <laughs> and uh Margot Kidder was just swigging and giving alcohols to kids throughout the film, but I appreciated that. I loved how happy that little boy looked oh he was he was so drunk, and it was great,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, that scene where she gets up and she talks about the turtles and those kind of things. Yeah. So I think people would sort of like almost gloss over that scene, right? But it's such a good, it's such a good acting performance.
1: It's amazing. She's, I think, the film. I think Olivia Hussey is fantastic, and obviously she's the well, somewhat final girl, but we know she's not really final.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think Margot Kidders steals the show. Oh yeah. Completely. She's just every every scene phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think and there is a chemistry between all the all the characters in there. And yeah. even though some of the characters are not particularly likable Yes um a particularly um uh care uh Dulla, his character Peter yeah. is just a raving lunatic.
1: Yeah. He's just
0: He's horrible. He's absolutely vile. And, yeah. you know, the scene where she, uh, Olivia Hussey's character explains that she's going to have an abortion um, yeah. is sort of and he sort of it's the way in which he says, well, you haven't, you know, you haven't asked me. Yeah, it's, that, that is such it's, a sort of it's, it's a real slap in the face.
1: Yes, exactly. I found every scene with him. I felt physically ill, particularly the scene, uh, his piano recital. Yes. Just the close-up of him sweating and his hands moving, it was just very, it was supposed to feel ugly, yes. and I felt disgusting watching that.
0: Yeah, it, 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 he is just, he, he, he's uncomfortable.
1: He really is.
0: You know, he's, um and like, when he's even in the house, where she's on the phone, yeah, and she gets that obscene phone call, and then he right. comes down the stairs because he's just been taking a nap.
1: Oh, he's just so horrible so disgusting
0: it's just the, just the fact that the, the mere idea that he's kind yeah. of just like broken into her house and gone to sleep I
1: know. <laughs> it's absurd
0: you know I'm, i've never ever um sort of claimed to understand um sort of i'm i'm still amazed my wife said yes to marrying me um you know it only took me 10 years to ask her out but yeah uh i i kind of get the idea that really if you want to sort of you know not give off that creepy vibe you don't break into somebody's house and then go to sleep and then just appear
2: i yeah
1: i would say that's a big no-no um if you want to move forward with that person in any way shape or form (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah Yeah. please never do that to me anyone (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah it's not that sort of surprise it's not it's not really gonna you know it's not really gonna work
1: but no no one wants that but
0: he's just and even at the end um oh by the way um i know we're like 20 minutes in now uh we do do spoilers on the show so don't panic it's fine okay great the film was released in 1974 so like we always say yeah and we do this on every episode we get about 40 minutes in and we've realized we've been talking about spoilers so by the way pause it now go back and watch it but you have had Please. since 1974
1: you've so. had a long time to do this i know for a fact i get um, a lot of hate for spoiling movies on top 5 um but also i feel the same way if you haven't seen it by now tough then sorry that's your fault
0: yeah why are you listening to a program that's going to discuss film and everybody you going haven't to, seen you haven't seen it so you know, yeah get on with it um anyway so the <laughs> So the, you know, the, you know, the, I think one of the things that you, you get with this film is you get this sort of overwhelming sense of dread. Yes. And there's a sense of threat that comes from, um from inside the house, obviously. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. But this, that, you know, and the fact that it's inside the house, it's sort of, it's almost like it, your house should be the safest place for you.
1: Exactly. And I think they managed to fill you with that unease and discomfort throughout because, one, you never see the killer. You see maybe his eye, the side of his head, his hand here and there. But he feels, he doesn't feel like a human. He doesn't feel like a person. He feels like a ghost or a spirit. And that's what's terrifying to me because he can, as you're watching it, you don't he doesn't seem restrained by limits. He is, he can do whatever he wants.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like he, he is. And the fact that he's in the house. Yes. He, you know, even the fact when the doors are locked, when he got in the house, he's already there. Yeah. You know, and that sort of that end where she's lying in the bed and the, they leave
1: um, that shot where they
0: all leave. And then the, it keeps, you know, the camera just, just, there's a pause and you can hear the conversation. And I think yeah. that's the worst bit is the fact yes. that she is, tot- she's more vulnerable now yeah, than she was when they were locked in the basement.
1: Exactly. Because they've all just left her alone in the house with the killer and no one, no one knows. No, and that's, that's yeah. absolutely terrifying.
0: And the camera moves up and it moves into the attic and yep. Christy, uh, Christy's body is still there and rocking and in the back yeah. you got the house mother who's been impaled uh by the hook yeah um and it, it keeps moving out and he moves out to the house and you see the police officer was on duty outside the house but Ugh. none of it is safe
1: no none no of it one's is safe.
0: safe no it, and it's just it's just incredible isn't it how that that, that sort of and there's not a lot of gore
1: No, and I I appreciate that it's it's such an effective and terrifying film, and is still somewhat of a slasher. Yet you barely see any blood. Yeah,
0: and and I mean it's fantastic. Even the fact you don't see any blood. Well, I think the only bit that you see really is on Peter at the end.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: And but even you, you know, you get you know, (laughs) you get somebody impaled with a hook. Yeah. i not being funny. Um, most university dorms are health and safe, you know, are, are rigorously checked for health and safety. <laughs> Who was in charge?
1: We, we have different rules in Toronto. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, yes, no, that, that hook will be fine. It'll, it'll all be good. Nobody <laughs> will, nobody will sneak
1: into the house and start knocking no. off. No. No, it'll
0: be fine. It'll be fine. Definitely not. It. All, we like good. to
1: have a, we like to have one hook in every home. Yes. It's handy. Yes. It's handy.
0: I mean, I, there, are, there have been times uh, where I've thought, oh, I could do with a hook. <laughs> I, I need a hook here. What would you yeah, need, every now and then. What would you have in your house that would be big enough to necessitate having a hook?
1: Um, My tray of liquor, probably.
0: On a pulley system. Just yes. Being, just being brought up to you.
1: Exactly. <laughs> well,
0: there, there we are. It's a Canadian staple, I imagine, then.
1: It, it really is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, one of the, you know, for me, one of the key elements in this is the, like you said, we said about that sense of dread, and I think you really, really feel it when they get the mm. phone tapping stuff going.
1: Yes. Well, that's, I I appreciate that moment because obviously the film is... Loosely based off, uh, the man upstairs and the babysitter, the, yes. like, have you checked on the children? Like that whole thing is absolutely terrifying. So whenever anyone says the call is coming from inside the house. Yeah. Whew, well, but, but if you that, think,
0: you think that that's become such a cliche, isn't it? That it has. It's coming from, but it's done so effectively here. It's yes. so powerful and it's so effective. Um, yeah. And just that, that moment where the guy is walking up and down yeah. row after row of like, I don't know what they are, like phone terminal, phone lines and what have you. And he's just yeah. plugging it in. But the fact is that he has to plug it in and then run back to a desk to make another phone call.
1: I know. It's crazy, isn't it?
0: Where you just think, oh, my God. How? How? How are you? Gonna, how, how is anybody going to get to them? How is anybody going to get to them? But originally, now this—this this is the bit that I didn't know about. This is mm-hmm. this had a different title originally.
1: Oh, really? What was the original title?
0: The, the original title for it was um, was "Silent Night, Evil Night." Oh, and they'd actually put they did a couple of screenings
1: using yeah. the title. Um, I I don't hate it. <laughs>
0: no, I don't hate it. Because, and I mean, but then obviously it would. Obviously, a couple of years later, you would get Silent Night, Deadly Night.
1: Yeah, of course. Which would
0: tie you also in also a great film. Oh yeah, superb. I Um, yeah. um I I in fact I got to go back I think and rewatch that soon. Um, yeah. Because it's just it's just so silly.
1: It's ridiculous. It's a
0: silly, silly, wonderful, bonkers film. And yeah, I don't think there's enough of that now. I think um, I think in some circumstances horror has become really serious.
1: It has. Everything takes itself too serious, and I've noticed that even with the um, the third remake of uh Black Christmas I st- or the
0: I still
2: haven't
1: the seen, recent... it.
0: Have you seen Have you seen it? Uh,
1: I yes, I saw it on opening night because uh, well, I was very excited. Okay. I saw little promotion for it. I barely yeah. watched the full trailer. All I knew was there's a Black Christmas remake coming out and it's got Imogen Poots in and Imogen Poots I really like because she was in Green Room, arguably yeah. like the best slasher they've made in recent years. Super and, real. um, and 28 weeks later, also great. Yes. So I had, I had hopes, high hopes. <laughs> um, but it's essentially a film. It's like they remade Harry Potter, set it in Hogwarts, but removed every other element and called it a remake. Right. It's, it's nothing to do with Black Christmas other than the fact they are sorority girls in a sorority house. Nothing else is the same. And I think, so
0: here we go then. Um, <laughs> on a scale of the worst remakes because there's been some awful ones yes and there's been some excellent ones yeah um where would you put the remake for this one then
1: this i would put like if i was rating it from one to ten Mm -hmm. ten being the best um i would put this and i'm being very honest i'd give it a one oof this i wanted to walk out if i were if i wasn't with a group of people i would have walked out it was one of the worst films i've ever seen in my life
0: yeah do you know yeah. what i've i've and isn't it funny when you have that moment with you with the group of people that you just think do you know what this is crap and i'm really really t- i would just leave. i had the same experience excuse me <clears throat> i had the same experience watching avatar Ooh. Dances oh dances wow. with smurfs i say it every every episode <laughs> we somehow get around it leighton's got a thing about the wire i've got a thing about avatar i hate it i yeah. hate it with a vengeance because Avatar's
1: like, a terrible movie. It
0: is. It is. <laughs> yes. You know, Yes. let's just take, I don't know, Dances with Wolves, which yeah. is another three and a half hours of my life where I'm not getting back. And then, <laughs> I know, let's paint everybody blue and yes. let's spend a bajillion dollars on it.
1: Yeah, waste of money.
0: And then because we've spent a bajillion dollars on it, everybody will love it.
1: Yeah. It's like... Exactly.
0: James Cameron is... I, I, no, we're not going down that, because that, again, that's a long rant. That's a long rant.
1: But it's, I could it, rant about James Cameron, I dislike him immensely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you know what, you know, he gave us Terminator, he gave us yeah. Piranha 2, he gave us, um Battle Beyond the Stars, he gave us, you know, the, some of the effects and that. And, yeah. you know, he gave us some great films. And then at some point, he just became a massive knob.
1: He did, he is, he is a twat. That's the only way to put it.
0: Yeah. Have you read his, um, his treatment for the Spider-Man film?
1: No, <laughs> I haven't.
0: Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Is it,
1: is it really bad?
0: It's, it, you could see how in the early nineties they would have made it. Yeah. But I think it would have been something that people watch back now and go, Oh, that's not right. Right. That's okay. Not, that's not okay. Really You're going have to of... look this up. It is. It, there is... Um, there's another great podcast out there. I think it, it looks at movies that were never made. Okay. And they did like a four-parter on Spider-Man movies that were never made. <sighs> Ranging from the from when Canon had the rights. The, okay. The mighty Golden Globus. You know, where Michael mm-hmm. Dudikoff was going to be Spider-Man. Yeah. I would have paid to see that. American Ninja... As Spider-Man. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. No, it's that like would have the, been amazing. That would have been the greatest. It's just been amazing. Amazing. Uh, you know
1: what? I would have paid to watch, uh, to see the Nicolas Cage, uh, Superman.
0: Yes. Definitely. That would have been amazing. The foot, the stills of his, again, the hairpiece. There's a theme It's running. a little un,
1: yeah, there it is a theme. It's a little unnerving that hairpiece. It, it made is- me uncomfortable.
0: Yes. But, you know, it would have been really, really interesting to see that. But it's that sort of, I think, like I said, we would go back to the, our original point, is that horror has become really serious.
1: Yeah, it has.
0: And even in this, even in this, and I mean, this is not a feel-good film.
1: No, not
0: at all. There are moments of levity in it. Mm-hmm. There are moments of levity in it, and, yeah. but, it, but it still maintains the feel um, it's quite gritty as well.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: There's there's a realness to it, um, <laughs> and I, I I sort of and it's only really just sort of sat with me now, actually, sort of sort of digesting the film again. Um, and again, it's it breaks some of the rules. Yeah, because which is the what, the character who dies first is the is most the virginal. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking about that as well while I was watching it. I was like, um, I was thinking the exact same thing, which was it's the reverse order of everything. And in a way, it's actually showing more respect to these characters than most other horror films do, which is you actually let the one that is pregnant survive the longest.
0: Yes.
2: And
1: the most controversial ones outlast The innocent ones, which never happens.
0: No, never at all. Because, you you know, obviously, the, you know, if you drink, do drugs, um, Mm -hmm. have any kind of sexual contact in any way, shape or form, you're dead. Exactly. You know, but there is there is a piece of trivia that I did laugh out loud when I heard this. Okay. Are you aware of the reason why Olivia Hussey took the role?
1: No, I'm not. I'm scared to know.
0: It is. It, it's this. This is. She. She was guided to take this role. Bearing in mind, now she had just done Romeo and Juliet with Franco Zeffirelli, and she is on her way to being a massive star. Yes. Um. She was guided to take this role by her psychic.
1: Oh. So, I love that.
0: So her psychic <laughs> told her to do this film. Mm-hmm. Because. It will be a big success. <laughs> the cycle, I mean, the cycle
1: it, it's a success now, I would say. It definitely wasn't a success when it came out. You no, know, the critics
0: hated it. They were really yeah. savage to it. I mean, it made, I think it had a budget of 600,000. I think it made 4 million. So it yeah. did very, very, it, it, it did, it made its money back and a bit more. But yeah. it's only in the last sort of 20 years that sort of.
1: Yeah. The cult following yeah. has, has helped it grow. Yeah, But that's the case with a lot of horror films, Yeah, to oh. be honest. Most are panned as soon as they come out.
0: Oh, I mean, you look at sort of, you look at, I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Lucio Fulci. Mm-hmm. I love his films. I mean, you look at um, Zombie Flesh Eaters. You look at The Beyond, um, The House by the Cemetery. Um, you look at, you, you see all of his films. And yeah. people now go back and look at them. Right, and they can see the artistry, and they can see that the the craft in there. Before that, they were, you know, some of them were banned mm-hmm. outright and yeah. completely dismissed as being nonsensical rubbish. Yeah, um, but it's only in the last sort of like twenty fifteen years, and it's like because of companies like Arrow, um, uh, one hundred one Films, eighty eight Films, and all of doing these great re releases that people are catching yeah. on to the getting that idea. But
1: it's actually really. Go on, sorry. No, go on. No, go, on, go on. I was just going to give some. It's
0: actually,
1: <laughs> it's actually really interesting how many horror films are banned outright as oh. soon as they come out. I've done a few videos on my channel about it, it's like you look at some of the finest horror films in cinema, and you look at like the original Last House on the Left, yeah. one of my favourites, banned for almost thirty years in the UK. It's
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the fight. um, People they had to get the exorcist released
1: oh i know i was just talking about that recently on um top five and it's crazy how I mean, difficult that was
0: for me the exorcist is my number one film of all time i think it is a, it is a perfect film and yes. the book as well is my top is my favorite book of all time as well
1: oh i haven't read the book yet oh, god, I, need it's to, terrifying. I
0: need to read it
2: oh really oh
0: my god it's absolutely terrifying oh, it is I, I should check it out genuinely disturbing to the point where I would put the book in the other room after I when I was reading. I wouldn't sort of... Oh, it, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. It really... It sort of people dismiss... I've never understood people who dismiss The Exorcist as saying, oh, it was a, I laughed during it. I thought it was a bit funny and her voice was silly. And it's like, you've really missed the entire point of this film because it's yeah. just terrifying.
1: It's traumatising. I remember seeing that far too young and that has lingered with me for <clears throat> yeah. a very long time.
0: Yes, um but it, it, it when you look at sort of some of these films that do get banned um yeah. you look at like um i mean for example you said about last house on the left um yeah. you think evil dead was banned
1: evil dead was banned and that was crazy to me and um, for the most part it's always the bbfc and it's uh, the video nasties
0: yes yeah. Yeah. You just can't handle it. No, and I love the fact that, you know, when they would talk about like sort of, like Mary Whitehouse and all those type of, the, 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 the pressure groups that developed around the 80s, mm-hmm. and they'd say, well, have you actually seen it? And they'd go, no. Yeah. You know, all the fact, and I love this, that Sam Raimi flew to Leeds Crown Court <laughs> to fight the case of... Oh my gosh. For the Evil Dead to be released.
1: I didn't know he flew to Leeds. He did. He
0: flew (laughs) to Leeds. Now that's Uh, that in itself. You know the the passion for that man to sort of take his, you know, to 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 go to Leeds and sort of fight the court. It must have been a big culture shock to him, mind you.
1: Oh, I
2: can imagine
0: this sort of um, because you know you know he's from Detroit, uh, very urban, very gritty, very industrial. Arriving in Leeds. Yeah, and the worst part is. They didn't even call for him. He wasn't even allowed to speak in court.
1: Oh, so he went all that way for nothing. Yeah, he
0: flew in and flew out the same day.
1: That's really tragic.
0: Yeah. Now, the useless piece of trivia I was going to drop on this. Okay. There are three celebrities who count this amongst their favourite films. Okay. Can you guess who the three are?
1: The Exorcist, is it? No, 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 no. No. Black Christmas.
0: Black Black Christmas. Christmas, okay. Three celebrities... Oh, um, that the,
1: celebrity is so vague.
0: <laughs> and I mean, big names. Okay. Genuinely big names. I'm not talking somebody from like reality TV or you know, any of, you know, one of them is a genuine icon of music. Music, who is, okay. He's no longer with us. Okay. One of them is probably one of the finest comedic actors of his generation. Okay. Um, and the other one... Um is has just released his ninth film um but does claim every kind of cult film is his favourite of all time.
1: <sighs> okay, that's tough. I I'm probably gonna get all of these wrong. Um music, I'd say David Bowie? <sighs> oh
0: not quite. I'll give you a clue. Oh. oh
1: okay. Oh, um Oh my god. I'm blanking.
0: Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Elvis.
0: <laughs> Elvis Presley Wow. When he saw this, for the yeah. three because obviously he died three years after this was released, but he played it for those three years every night, every Christmas. Um, he loved it.
1: Wow, that's Absol- amazing!
0: Absolutely loved it.
1: I had no idea. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the okay. other two, uh, you said a comedic,
0: a comedic actor, still alive, still alive. Um, Ooh, um... he started. I mean. He, uh, Saturday Night Live. Uh, was oh, um, the wild and crazy guy, with Dan Aykroyd.
1: I can picture him. thingy Steve Martin? Steve Is Martin. Yeah, one of, yeah. he, he, he,
0: when he met Olivia, um, Olivia Hussey said it was his favorite. It's his favorite. One of his favorite films of all time.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's a surprise. And then the last one.
0: Ninth film: Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt were in it. Oh,
1: uh Quentin Tarantino. Yes. That See, that doesn't surprise me. That's the only one that doesn't surprise me.
0: Yeah. But
1: Elvis. Elvis is a shark. Yeah. Elvis I'm surprised. Person. I couldn't even imagine Elvis watching a film.
0: <laughs> I can, but he'd be wearing a cape.
1: <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Like, have you seen, I'm, I'm you know, and I got, I got, I'm treading carefully here because my, uh, my brother-in-law's uh, fiancé is a massive Elvis fan. She okay. is a huge Elvis fan, so I'm, so I'm going to speak with some rev, reverence here. Um, right. But I love the pictures of Elvis practicing karate, but in his full Elvis gear.
1: I I've never seen that. Oh my! I'll God. have Do to you look
0: that look, up. He's in his full Elvis jumpsuit, doing some kind of like um, some you know some karate moves. It's a it's 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 amazing.
1: I love that. I think that's amazing.
0: It, it, it's just—it's amazing because he is in his full Elvis regalia.
1: <laughs> I would expect nothing less, quite honestly.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, when we sort of coming back round to this one now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and we talked about sort of you know moments that stood out for you, um, yeah, and we talked about Margot Kidder's great performance. Is there anything yeah. else that sort of sticks with you from this film? Is there any sort of things that you sort of you didn't sort of maybe not in the first viewing, but on the second viewing, kind of pick things up? I
2: think
1: it's I think it's smaller things it's less about the acting or particular scenes it's more about the it's the camera movements in general
2: yeah like
1: the skewed angles everything makes me feel very uncomfortable and it's more moments like that that linger with me it's just and it's like what we were saying how the ending of the film where she's just lying in the bed and then the camera pulls out and then it just slowly it's like Tilted, going into the next room, and you're just waiting to see where the killer is, and it's moving on up, and then it moves up to the attic.
2: Yeah,
1: it's just those moments. It's the it's the use of the camera, which I think is honestly the star of the film. Yeah, that's what lingers with me.
0: Yeah, and I do know what's absolutely incredible about that. There's no uh, a panaglide was the what John Carpenter used, not a Steadicam. Oh, oh, okay. I I could hear every nerd screaming at (laughs) me. So, it's a paraglide! It's a paraglide! <laughs> um, so he used a paraglide, which was one of the sort of competing elements to the Steadicam. Um, right. But for this, um, the uh, DP, all he had was a shoulder rig.
1: Really? It was a shoulder
0: rig and, a sl- and some kind of harness attached to it where he could just tilt the camera. That's
1: all. He t- that was it. He tilted a lot. He went hard with his tilt. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, give yeah, the, the cantered shot. Uh, yeah. It's not quite the same level as Battlefield Earth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: um, where everything is on a tilt.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but he, but well, that's all he had. And he, and that's, and I think that's what gives it that sort of rawness to it. That yeah. Feel, And that's where I got the sort of, you know, what I felt about the comparisons to like, to like things like the New York Ripper and to some of the, um, to some of the more jallowy stuff is because mm-hmm. of that tracking, that, 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 that view from the killer. And I mean, yeah. sort of, I mean, POV has been used a lot, really, you know. Um, but I think Black Christmas is actually the first outright horror to use it.
1: Right, okay.
0: Um, I know, like, sort of, you know, there's probably some, you know, somebody will be able to sort of give more examples, probably, than what I'm saying. But I think it is genuinely one of the first examples of it being used outrightly. Um, mm-hmm. In the way that it was. Um,
1: yeah. Because I can only think of like small bits and pieces in horror where they use POV, but never for the full, like, for one character it's only POV. I've never seen that before aside from this movie.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I know Argento sort of used it and like, I think, um, Mario Bava used it in, oh, um, oh, ah! Ble- <laughs> um, the Blood and Black Lace.
1: Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's
0: blood and black lace, where he used it in. Okay. Um, um, I think, you know, again, with the black love killer, but not in the same kind of way, um, that this, cause, you know, even the lighting in this is very real. Very, yeah. Very it is. You yeah. Know, th- th- there's nothing sort of out there. There's nothing wacky in that, that sort of really sort of, that sticks out to it. You, you don't get like the mad colors of Suspiria or any of that kind of thing.
1: No, I agree.
0: But you get that sort of really gritty sort of, jerky movement and i think the scene in the attic where the killer loses it yeah and is you know it starts off with him rocking the, the the corpse of um christine back and forth and then just smashes the room up yeah that's horrible
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the sounds and the screams of that is just absolutely yeah
1: yeah all of his sounds made me feel ill. Like, they're really disturbing.
0: Yeah. And it's- I also
1: appreciate that you never got, you never, you only got bits and pieces from what he was saying.
0: Yes.
2: Which
1: kind of tied into his backstory that we never get.
2: Yeah. But you
1: could take it as you please. Like, you know, something's gone on. Like, who's, uh, who is it? Abigail?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I- Agatha, uh, uh, Agatha, Agatha, Agatha—that's it. And like, is, is it Billy?
1: Billy, yeah. Billy, his, yeah. i think he's Billy. Um, yeah, Um but that—that's what I appreciated is like there's no rhyme or reason for what's happening. All you know is like he's this is a troubled guy with a lot going on, but we don't know anything else.
0: No, and I think if this film, obviously, well, I mean, obviously they've remade it now, but only in, in the looser sense. Yeah, but I think there is an there is this sort of need now to kind of over-explain everything. I agree. You know, it's like, you know, Michael Myers was terrifying. Yeah. And we didn't know anything about him. I agree. Um, I didn't need to know that he had a white, his mother had a white unicorn friend.
1: <laughs> didn't I I, I, yeah, I completely agree. And that's actually what they did in the first remake for Black Christmas, the one that came out in the, 2000s, I can't quite remember the year, but they gave him this whole backstory that Billy was, um, insane. I think he, that's, that was his home. He comes back to his home. He's hiding in the attic. He's got jaundice. He was abused by his parents. Agatha was his sister. Um, and that's why he's torturing everyone because he can't trust women. That, that was what went down.
0: Yeah. It's, it's that sort of almost sort of trying to like elicit Sympathy for the monster, yeah. And you don't—you don't always need that.
1: i uh, yeah. I don't want to feel bad for this killer. No. I, no, in any way, shape, or form, you can't redeem them. Like just because he had a troubled life, I don't want to feel bad about that.
0: No, you know, uh, you know. Yes, he's—you know—he's—he's he's bumping off sort of uh, college girls by smothering them with plastic bags. But he, oh, he, oh, he had hell of a life. Yeah. You know, he had a
1: rough childhood. We should feel bad about that.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, blessed are the serial killers because they have a terrible time. Uh,
1: I just hate my I just hate when my emotions are being manipulated. Yeah. And that's what that's what horror films these days do. It's like, I don't want that. I want to no. come to my own conclusion. Yes. I I mean, and
0: I think some of the sort of I think some of the sort of um the sort of the, the films like The Nun and some of the Annabelle offs and those kind of things—they are terrible for doing that.
1: Yes, they're so they are so bad.
0: It, it, it's that sort of it, it, they kind of like, you know. Don't get me wrong. There's, they, you know, they're, they're, they have some great jump scares in them, and they have a few moments. Um, mm-hmm. I am a bit of a sucker for a jump scare, but it's not yeah. horror. No, it's it, it's not terror. It's not gonna, Annabelle is not going to stay with you.
1: No of course In not. It's the
0: same way as I you know because we still don't know his real name really do we? No. Like it's not the no. same way that Billy is going to stay with you. Um No, definitely you know, not. The nun looks great. As a film yeah. it looks absolutely superb. It's, it's it's got this wonderful like hammer feel to it, but there's no mm-hmm. substance behind it. Right. There's not that sort of you don't feel the sort of there's no danger.
1: Yeah,
0: you know the fact that everybody in Black Christmas from 1974 is potentially at risk.
1: Yes, that's what's terrifying.
0: And they die in sort of you don't see it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the most visceral death in the entire thing is the plastic bag moment.
1: Yeah, but and I would say Margot Kidder.
0: Yes, yeah, but again, yeah. you don't see that. You don't see any of the impact. You don't no. see that sort of unicorn what a way to go killed by a glass unicorn (coughs) sorry one sec it's okay (coughs) please don't choke on air i don't know how i don't know how the insurance would feel about that
1: it's it's i'm trying to invoke terror (laughs) right
0: please yeah i don't know would i have to fill in a form Somebody died on air. I don't know. Oh, no, it's, it's all right. I'd let
1: you wear this. All right. Okay. <laughs> don't worry. You have my permission. But if you, anything happens, keep going.
0: You've got this. You've got that on air, yeah. people. You've got that.
1: Yeah. Whatever you do, don't cut. Keep rolling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the, you know, that sort of, that level of, um, anybody is, can go at any moment. And the fact that, you know, yeah. like say, you know, killed by a glass unicorn yeah <laughs> didn't see that coming no
1: definitely not
0: yeah that's something to write on your tombstone
1: killed by a glass unicorn
0: murdered by glass unicorn somebody at it's... some point like 50 60 100 years time will walk past and see that tombstone and go that's a story
1: yeah what a life they led <laughs> oh
0: yeah what a way what a way to go killed yeah. by a gra- and you know <laughs> but you but it again it's like it's you know it's all it's it's akin to psycho though isn't it where it is. You think that you see more than you actually are seeing. And
1: you see, that's the thing. When you were talking about films that linger with you or films that genuinely terrify you, my mind always comes back to Psycho and I think it will, I think it might be because I watched it at a far too young age because I had older sisters and we shared a room and we had a VHS. Ah. Um, and uh, one day I just hit play and watched the whole thing I was probably like four years old but I think that's why where my love for horror came but that the shower scene will always linger with me but then when I when you go back and watch it you really don't see anything other yeah. than her face in shock yeah. and then the blood going down the drain it's
0: that's yeah. it and for you know I know not talk you know in psycho out of all of everything that's gone on in that film what was the mm-hmm. thing that the BBFC strongly, strongly hated?
1: Oh, I know what it is because I've spoken about this on Top 5. It is her being in bed with a man and her in her underwear. Almost. It's the flushing of the toilet. What? No. Yeah, it's the
0: flushing of the toilet. That is what they no. were... That, that, that is the bit that sent them over the edge. What? Yes, when she's in her pants... But I must object to the fact that you will flush the lavatory, my friends.
1: That is not all. It's, are we, uh, women not allowed to flush the toilet? (laughs) I
0: don't know. I don't know if there's some kind of ancient law, but yeah, it was the flushing of the toilet.
1: I have no, I had no idea about that. That's just insane. Wow. That really is crazy. I'm gonna have to read more about that now. That's
0: crazy. You can understand their massive objection to the, you know, when they came to Black Christmas with them using the C word,
1: oh multiple times multiple
0: times (laughs) yeah
1: Um, that's a lot of a lot
0: yes yeah but it's the fact that and one of the the girl who played um who was smothered with a plastic bag yeah uh, there's a brilliant interview with her on um youtube talking about it and Mm -hmm. she took her mother and her sister to the premiere of this oh um (laughs) and she didn't obviously because it was all done in post she yeah. didn't have any idea what was being said,
2: Oh,
1: and then that's sat
0: there, sat there with her mother, and is it the, as the
1: camera like pans to each of their faces, and yeah. it's just the c word multiple times. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I
0: mean, that's a lot. And we talked like obviously we mentioned we talked about humour in this. One of my favourite scenes is the boyfriend who's poked in when he's dressed up as Santa Claus.
1: Oh, I love that so much. And the kid's just on his lap and he's going off and swearing. Yeah. It's, that's fantastic.
0: That is great. And the fact that, you know, Margot Kidder, Margot again, is just a hammered. The inter-swinging yeah. from a bottle of champagne. Was, I agree. You know, that's it's, it's a great, great, you know, it's a great film. Now, yeah. to go through and sort of, you know, if we're going to sum up Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. How would you sum up Black Christmas? How would you sort of, how would you sort of, how would you sell it? Uh, Sell it to somebody?
1: That, woof, that's a tough question.
0: Because it's not an easy sell, is it?
1: No, it's not an easy sell. Because it's a horror movie set at Christmas and it's hard to sell something like that. A Christmas horror movie.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think one of the things you could sort of, you know, would, you could say, you know, it's one of the, you know, the, it, it is the, the proto slasher or mm-hmm. the, the beta slasher. And in terms of horror, it's a really, really important film because I think this is where the slasher movie sort of really sort of started to be, gain that recognizable form. And it was like Psycho, obviously, people talk about that. But again, I, would, yeah. I wouldn't say that, that Psycho is a slasher movie. Um, I, it's not
1: a slasher movie, I, and yeah, not in the slightest. Actually, I find it strange when people do call it a slasher.
0: I think people use the it automatically jump to slasher because um, the, the the killer uses a knife.
1: Yeah, true. Because but it's it, like, how many times does he use that knife in in Psycho? Yeah. Once.
0: And I mean, it's you know, in, if you're using that, then um, Sylvester Stallone's Cobra could be described <laughs> as a slasher. i love i've
1: never i've never seen it i've heard a lot about it yep i know a lot about it but never seen it
0: he's called (laughs) marion marion cobretti
1: oh my gosh i love
0: that body count that would rival the first world war
1: oh my god okay you've sold me that's a good way to pitch a movie
0: and it's got (laughs) um oh it's got an amazing soundtrack it's oh yeah it couldn't be any more eighties. Um, if it, it honestly, it is. It's got an amazing soundtrack. You can listen to it on I mean, YouTube as well. Just listen I'm sold already. Honestly, it, you must. You must. I'm sold. You know the. You know, uh, Sylvester Sloan plays a cop who um, is part of what they call the Zombie Squad uh, because he takes the cases that nobody else wants uh, mm-hmm. and deals with the, the worst of the worst. And he's got this sort of like this cult. That he's got to try and track down, and it's it's superb. It's absolutely, okay. superb. it's mental. Yeah, it's absolutely. Don't don't expect any kind of like common sense. Or hang on a second. Now he's a police officer. Why is he firing a machine gun and throwing hand grenades whilst he's hanging out of a car?
1: Because it's Stallone. He can do whatever he wants.
0: <laughs> you know. Surely, at some point, he's going to have to fill in some paperwork.
1: Yes. There's going
0: to, there's going to be that moment. But it's but again, you know, it, the killer's in that. Um, there's some horror. There's, there's quite a strong horror element in that. They so, yeah. They have. They use the knife. You know, the killer. You know, uses the knife, in that he's got quite a cool looking knife. But it doesn't mm-hmm. make it a slasher. Exactly. But I think what Black Christmas does give us is the the, the recognizable format now for what is going to come because we, we we get Halloween, then we get Friday the Thirteenth, and then we're up and running.
1: Yeah, and then all it is is that the subgenre just becomes way more refined to the point that when people look back at black christmas it doesn't quite seem like a slasher in the sense because there are no rules but it did it was just way more lax about it
0: yes now talking about slashers do you have any favorites of yours
1: hmm uh probably a nightmare on elm street nice nice yeah yeah, always a favourite. It's the one I love to return to. I it was the first box set I ever got on DVD when I was younger. Again, way too young. I got all the all of them on uh on DVD and I used to binge watch them and then once I finished I'd watch them again. Um I loved it so much. I think Freddy is by far my favorite favorite character. Well yeah Favourite horror villain. From
0: Christmas jumper day in school uh, on the last day this year, um I wore my uh I, I wore a Freddy Krueger Christmas jumper
1: amazing with, that's uh, fantastic
0: and nobody nobody got it no? Nobody got, no 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 people said oh it's a lovely christmas that's really christmasy looking it's like
1: what Oh, that's it's devastating
0: i was like what i you know i did want to purchase like the slipknot christmas jumper <laughs> with, you know but i think that might have been as my wife pointed out that might might have been a little bit too much
1: maybe too far out of just the, stick with freddy yes
0: is it the you know out of the series which is your favorite
1: Okay, So, a little controversial. I I I will always love I think the original the most. Mm-hmm. Um I do <laughs> against popular opinion, I do um really like Dream Warriors.
0: I love Dream Warriors?
1: Yes, right? It's Dream Warriors is the most fun. And that's what I want when I'm watching a film like that. I want to have fun, and it's so good. Just in the small moments like um Oh, there's. I don't know if you remember the scene in the hospital when they, he rips the tendons out of yeah, the guy's yeah, arm and he oh. walks him like a puppet. Yeah, like, that's some. That's one of the best things I've ever seen in a horror film ever. Yeah. it's So good.
0: Yeah, and and of course it's got the dark and soundtrack.
1: Oh, so good.
3: Which
0: so I'm good. Automatically now is in my head screaming. Is just <coughs> just that sort of. We're the
1: dream, yeah. Definitely. That's
0: going to be it. Now I am going to be singing that for weeks until my wife threatens to divorce me. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know. Um, i Do you know what? I was really partial to a new nightmare as well.
1: Me too. I thought it was done superbly. I was very surprised because you, how do you even pitch that concept? Well, it's all a film, yeah, within a, a film. It,
0: it, mm-hmm. it, and I am going to say, I'm going to, and I will hate myself for using this word, and I apologize now, listeners. It was Meta before
1: Meta became popular. Oh, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's right. You are right. It is it very true. It is. And it's sort of.
0: And, you you know, again, you look at the cast for that. Um, yeah, it's absolutely. You know, again, John Saxon's in it.
1: He's it's like, everywhere. It's
0: like seven degrees of uh, Kevin Bacon.
1: I know. Exactly. So,
0: you know, let's see if you have to do it with John Saxon. Uh, seems
1: easy
0: yeah it seems easy I I think you'll get to a point where you dry up I think it'll get to the point where it's like "Ah, no no that's a leap too far that's a leap too far Uh, there we go (laughs) right crunch time okay here we go on a scale of 1 to 10 because we do we score score everything on the show on a scale of 1 to ten, one being the worst 10 being the best where would you rate Black Christmas?
1: okay it's hard because I've just watched it, so it's very much at the forefront of my mind. Mm. But saying that, I think it's an 8. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think yeah. that's... I, I was veering between an 8.5 and a 9. Yeah, um, I agree. And I would probably say... um, it's I think it's an
1: 8.5. Okay.
0: I just there's there's something that doesn't quite sort of just tip it over... No. Into, into the, into the nine ten category. Um, yeah. Because I think that even though there's some superb performances in it, I think sometimes the humour in it is a little bit misplaced. I agree with that. Um, I wouldn't put it in the same kind of realm as the, the comedy police in, um, Last House on the Left. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which I never got. Um, no. Which I never understood. But, um, it's, it's such a good film it's such a well-made film
1: i agree and it's also just so important and influential in the slasher and just horror as a whole i think it's you're right. so I, important i think yeah
0: you're right. yeah i think and, and it's, it's it's that i you know and i mean we, we mentioned at the beginning you know sort of you know canada has given us some superb horror films some Indeed. superb horror, and I mean, like you know, obviously we got we had My Bloody Valentine.
1: Uh, That's very true. Which
0: is which is superb, and again, yeah. that has a very gritty feel to it.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, it's sort of um, you know, but I like it. Like I said, you know, Black Christmas, it, it, you know, it's an eight point five. Now, um, we've been talking now for the best part of an hour and te- hour and twelve minutes. Ah, um, oh, flying by. It, it's flying by. um <laughs> <laughs> now obviously we do you know we do a segment on uh on the show on uh what the wookie watched and it's mm-hmm. usually what we've been watching this week so what have you been watching this week Luce?
1: can it be anything
0: it could be anything if you anything want to, yeah, you can go any you know if it's horror-related, okay. it's all the better but if it's anything else what have you been watching?
1: I'm trying to think what well the latest horror i watched was the black christmas remake Oof. um but recently, I've been delving into more TV shows. Okay. Um, I watched a, a mini-series called Don't Fuck with Cats.
0: Now, I've heard this a yes. lot. Okay. Give me the gist.
1: Okay. So, essentially, um, it, it occurred all the way back in, I think it started in 2007, um, a guy uploaded a video to... Well, when the internet was far more lax, he just uh, uploaded a video to YouTube, or whatever you want, even before YouTube, um, of him torturing and killing a cat. And then, obviously, you don't fuck with cats. (laughs) And everyone lost their minds, and they set out to hunt down and find out who this guy was. And because he hid his face, no one kind of knew, so a group banded together from all across the world, like on Facebook, they tried to track him down using clues in all of his videos uh, he kept uploading more and then eventually it got to the point where he uploaded a video of him killing someone Jesus. and then um, but then they they tracked him down, they found out who he was and it's good for me he's from Toronto okay. uh, and, and people yeah. say Canadians are laid back I know I know not this guy um, but it's just a very exciting, um, just uh what's the word? It's just a great documentary. Yeah, Uh very thrilling. It's probably one of the best I've watched in a long time.
0: Okay, okay. Because I, um, I, I, I know lots of people have been talking about it, and I've, I've sort of kept put it on my on my watch list. But yes, I, 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 but it's growing. It's growing honestly, by the day.
1: once you start it, it's just three episodes, and once you start, you're in. You right. can't look away. It, it's, it, it is intense. There are a few moments that I couldn't quite look at the screen, yeah. but it, it's very well made, very well made.
0: Awesome. Anything else? Uh,
1: I've been watching, uh, well, A Guilty Pleasure. Um, I, are you familiar with the TV series You?
0: No, I'm not. That's completely, no, nope, I don't think we got, no, no, nope, nope, never heard of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Not a clue. It's probably for the best. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what horrors I've watched recently outside of Black Christmas. Um, I did revisit... Um, oh, have you seen A Christmas Horror Story? Yes. Oh. That's one, one of my favourites. I've actually got a friend in that film. Wow. It's great. Yeah, very well-made film.
0: I, I think it's a great film. I think it's yes. absolutely great. I think it's brilliant. Um, I think it's
1: incredibly underrated as well.
0: Yeah. I don't think it gets enough love.
1: Yeah. I think it just, it wasn't pushed out there enough. Because, yeah. I mean, it was a, a small, like, low-budget movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Surprisingly, even though Will Shatner's in it. Oh, um,
0: gotta love The Bill.
1: Oh, he's fantastic. The Such Shat. a good film. The
0: Shat. <laughs> One of my favorite films um, of his is Kingdom of the Spiders.
1: I've never seen that.
0: Oh my god, it's amazing! It's abs- It's about these. Um, they're clearly tarantulas. Um, yes. And they. Just, it's a bit like arachnophobia. Um, right. These these, tar- these giant these tarantulas just eat their way through entire town.
1: Oh my gosh! It's it's. it's I'm superb. into that.
0: It's superb. It's made for about three pound fifty and a packet of crisps. Um,
1: amazing. That can be pricey depending on where you go.
0: And it's the shat is turned up to eleven
1: amazing I mean, that's I, what i want when will shatner's in a film
0: yeah i mean it's right up there with the devil's reign okay it's right up there with I The see. Devil's Rain. have you seen the devil's reign
1: uh no but i've heard a lot oh. about
0: it oh god you got you know you got two great hams going at head to head you've got bill shatner and ernest nine mm-hmm. going at going head to head and it's, it's 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 amazing and it's john travolta's first film appearance
1: Oh really? I didn't know that.
0: See how we squared that circle then?
1: That was perfect.
0: See how we did that.
1: That was almost like it was planned and it wasn't. It w- no.
0: <laughs> Trust me, nothing on this podcast is planned. <laughs> nothing is planned. No. Nope. <laughs> so you know, um anything else?
1: Um blanking I should have written written down a list. Um honestly I don't think so. I spend more time writing about movies than I do watching, which is kind of sad
0: yeah I like um <clears throat> it's interesting actually when I started i was I'm sort of I shot my short film, um, yeah, and it took me ages and ages to get back to see
1: anything yeah it's 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 difficult, like I find that I'm so busy all the time, and then when I come back, it's like I've just spent nine hours of my day writing, talking, editing. Editing myself talking about films. <laughs> it's, it's tough. Like sometimes you just don't, you can't do it.
0: So speaking of you writing, editing, talking about film, where can yeah. the good listeners find you?
1: You can find me in two locations. Uh, you can find me on top five scary videos, which is a uh, list channel where we talk about everything scary, horror movies, SCPs, uh, mythological creatures, folklore, all the good stuff um you can also find me on top 10 beyond the screen which is a less scary channel it's more about hollywood culture movies etc everything you can think of actors celebrity all the good stuff yeah
0: now i'm gonna really show my age what the fuck is an scp
1: oh oh you're in for a treat so the, the internet is going wild for SCP. I actually didn't know what it was either until I started working at Top 5. Right. So this is a fictional foundation called the SCP Foundation. Essentially, have you seen the, ca- uh, the Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Okay. So you know how there's the facility, they've got all those creatures locked up. Yes. Um, that, in essence, is what the SCP Foundation is. They ah. have all these... Um, Entities and creatures and monsters that go against natural law, I think is how they sum it up. Um, and they lock them up and, uh, keep them protected away from, you know, everyone else. So, but they, it's really interesting because there's articles and articles about these creatures that they have just like users from all over the world have created and it's so in depth. People love it.
0: Ah, right. OK. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen like a couple because like, I, lo- I got to be honest, I love Top 5. I think it's a superb channel. I, think <laughs> re- I love it. It's absolutely Thank great. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. And, and you do a great job in there. And I'm loving um, it, it is Keegan, isn't it? It is Keegan. He, he, I think he's great. I think he's really, really good. I, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, Jack was really cool. And I love the yeah. stuff in there. But I think Keegan's doing a superb job.
1: Ah, uh, he'll he'll be pleased to hear that.
0: You know, I think you know. I think it, it's it's a great channel, and it's sort of you cover so much. You cover so much. Yeah,
3: we um, really do.
0: And you, you know, like I said, I'm a I'm a bit of a Lovecraft nerd. Um oh, so yeah. you know, I you know the fact that you know I can get a bit of a Lovecraft fix there. Um, yeah. You know, and you cover all sorts. And like I said, when I saw SCP, I was like, huh? yeah, uh, uh, okay. I'm, I'm just going to go with this, but no, now you've explained it, and now I understand.
1: Yeah, well, now you can watch our future SCP videos. Yes. I've got, got
0: five coming out this week. Superb. Superb. Yeah. Well, I think in wow. you know our hour and 20 now, we have covered yeah. a, a, a vast amount.
2: A
1: I vast would say amount. we have. We you have see, indeed.
0: It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Thank and you for having me.
0: No problem at all. And you have an open invitation to come back anytime.
1: Oh, I'll, don't, don't say that because I'll be back every day. Honestly, <laughs> uh, we,
0: we, we don't record any every day because I think that would just be way too much for anybody listening to me yabbering on. Yeah. But like I said, you are welcome to come back at any time.
1: Thank you so much. That's very sweet. Thank and you. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much. No
0: worries. Take care now. Bye bye.
1: You too. Bye.
0: Okay, once again, a big thank you to Lucy. And don't forget, you can check her out on Top 10 Beyond the Screen and Top 5 Scary Videos. And don't forget, you can also find her on Instagram at Lucy McPhee. Now, we're going to do something a little bit different um, on this episode. We're going to move over to, and I'm warning you now, to a spoiler-rich review from our roaming reporter, the one, the only... Mr. Leighton Winston with what Mr. Winston watched. Okay, let's check it out.
3: Hey, man. um, This is something totally new and alien. Trying something different. And um, on what the Wookiee watched, it's not the Wookiee watching it. It's what Winston watched this week. And it wasn't this week, actually. It was on the release date of Thursday the 19th of December 2019. And it was a little film, might have viewed it, called Star Wars Episode 9 The Rise of Skywalker. Now, if everybody is to believe, this is going to be the last ever Star Wars film. Yeah, right. Um, directed by J.J. Abrams, direct, uh, written by J.J. Abrams, Chris Terrio, who wrote um, Argo with Ben Affleck, and Kellen, um, the the initial director of the film. Colin Trevor and Dan Collins. Um, I I think they've they've had a credit owing to circumstances uh, and the departure of Colin Trevor leaving the project. Um, from the get go this is going to be spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen the film, watch the film, come back. Something to meet myself and who don't do enough of when we're recording. Um, now. I'm a huge Star Wars fan who is a huge Star Wars fan. A lot of the listeners, I assume, are massive Star Wars fans. We've all got our favourites. We've all got the ones that we don't like. Um, we're all, I'm assuming, pretty up to speed with the saga as a whole. Um, so let me just start off by saying that this is a good film. It's not a great film. Um, I have issues, many issues, plenty with it. But um the film overall itself is good um Star Wars as a franchise is a very very big business uh, only recently have they suffered a major setback in the Star wars uh, within the Star Wars films. I think there are many a podcast dedicated to and thoughts as to why um, the last jedi caused such friction with this the the course uh, star wars fan base um and possibly that's why solo suffered as a result it was released a very short period um i think it was five months after the last jedi was still still in the zeitgeist um it was the fourth star wars film since um lucasfilm was bought outright by disney and you know perhaps you call it called a little bit of fatigue I think Solo is is a very very good film. It's not it's not Empire Strikes Back or even the original Star Wars: A New Hope for one of its correct title. Solo is good. It's a good fun. It's real good fun. But I think it was too much too soon. It wasn't particularly well um, advertised either. There was a lot of ongoings behind the scenes. for Lord and Chris Miller ultimately departed to be replaced by Richie Cunningham. and the film came in and it was it's good it's 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 enjoyable it's a good romp but i think it just came at the wrong time after the wildly divisive last jedi and as a result what star wars episode nine does is tr- almost it, it can't get it can't erase the existence of the last jedi because the last jedi set in place things that are implemented on this film um, now everybody's got their own thoughts about the last Jedi. Like, I personally I like it, there are things in it I don't like um, the casino sequence is pointless those horse racing things pointless um, see urchin milk really that's where you get your green milk from didn't dig that but i dug a lot of other stuff um the force connection which is embarrassed upon in this um showing how far Jedi's can uh, you know actually physically touch physically exchange items if 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 need be and i thought that was expanded among well um if the real truth regarding rey's parentage is revealed um you know ryan johnson love him love him and loathe him said in those trailers when the last jedi was being released characters were saying forget everything that you know you know and it was almost pointing a finger at the audience, saying, you think you know star wars this is my star wars like it a bit it got made it got released um it was wildly successful i think i think it was more successful than possibly people even realized it was going to be even those executives at disney and um I think it means something like 1.6 or 1.2 billion at the box office which is not to be sniffed at at least we've got compared to when solo came out solo with worldwide something like 340 million there and thereabouts now you would be going to 340 million that's a brilliant return for a film it is but not when your film costs 275 million to make and probably add another 100 million on top to market it especially a film like star wars regardless of whether it's rogue one or solo or the force awakens that's a failure but episode nine almost says don't worry about the last Jedi." don't don't you know don't worry about all those things that were hinted at and said or done we're going to sort of bring things back into the mold a little bit and this is where i think part of the issue that i have with the rise of skywalker um it's it's there's almost too much fan service, which I know sounds preposterous, but it is. It's almost like um, I heard, oh, sorry, I read one review even that said it's almost like they went on to social media and successful. I think, I think it was more successful than possibly people even realized it was going to be, even those executives at Disney. And um, I think it means something like 1.6 or 1.2 billion at the box office, which is not to be sniffed at. At least we've got compared. when solo came out solo with worldwide something like 340 million there and thereabouts now you would be going 340 million that's a brilliant return for a film it is but not when your film costs 275 million to make and probably add another 100 million on top to market it especially film like star wars regardless of whether it's rogue one or solo or the force awakens that's a failure but episode nine almost (laughs) says don't worry about the last Jedi. don't don't you know don't worry about all those things that were hinted at and said or done we're going to sort of bring things back into the mold a little bit and this is where i think part of the issue that i have with the rise of skywalker um it's it's there's almost too much fan service which i know sounds preposterous but it is it's almost like um, I heard. Oh, so I read one review even that said it's almost like they went on to social media and gone. You want to see Wedge in the next film? We'll have Wedge in the next film. You want to see uh, Lando Calrissian come back? We'll bring Lando Calrissian back. You want to see spaceships from the cartoons? We'll bring those spaceships in, etc. etc. And whilst it is cool, there are very very cool moments in there. There's so much being crammed into the film. It almost feels like it's too much. And I can't believe I'm going to say this. Because when other films have done it. I have gone. Why are they doing that? Perhaps in this instance. I think. Disney and Lucasfilm. Missed a trick. By perhaps not splitting it into two parts. Yes release Star Wars Episode 9. Part 1. And then do a part 2. Don't forget. This is what. Disney were going to do initially with infinity war infinity war was going to be split into two films um which is what they ultimately did but it wasn't part one and part two yeah. it became as we all know infinity war then endgame perhaps i think if with, with there's the so much that they're trying to do in the rise of skywalker splitting it into those two parts might have done more for the film itself it, the film kicks off, breakneck speed, and it goes and goes and goes, and it doesn't really stop. It maintains a high level of something happening, something happening. that doesn't give you that moment to sort of step back, take things in, let's, let's reassess things, and then go forward. And it doesn't do that. It's just one thing after another, after another, after another. And it's not that it's not enjoyable. It is enjoyable, but there is one major, major thing that spoils... The film, and, and I'll rant about that in a minute. But I think I need to address the good things to begin with. Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver are fantastic. They've never, they've grown into the roles now. And they really are um, taking on the, the weight of the responsibility of the roles. They are them good things to do with the characters. Good scenes together, separate and whatnot. Kylo Ren still is a little bit... Of the teenage emo, stroppy, goth, whatever you want to call it, he's still a little bit prone to his dramatic outbursts and smashing shit up. But as a whole, when we when he when you actually see him engaging and you know especially with Daisy Ridley, they, they sort of bounce some work off each other and it, and it works particularly well. Uh, Daisy Ridley, as I say, she's she's terrific and you know. uh, for the rest of the cast. Oscar Isaac has probably his biggest role in the, in the three films. He has more to do than he's ever done to do in the other two. Um, John Boyega is always almost, almost sidelined as a result of it. Um, Jonas, I can't think of his surname off the top of my head. The, the guy who plays Chewbacca is a, a more than able replacement for Peter Mayhew. He's got his ticks down. He's got the movement down. Um, um, the, the new characters like um Kerry Russell He's gonna sell toys. Richard E. Grant is really good though. He gives good real good sneer alongside Domino Gleason who again comes back to give more sneer and vitriol and vinegar. Um C three PO is given it a much bigger role. Um Anthony Daniels Probably and probably hasn't done as much in 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 this Star Wars film. Um, as, well, since the original trilogy, I wouldn't mind that. Um, C three Pro, for me though has always been the one character that, that yes is useful. Yes, he can be a good comic foil. Things get a little bit irritating at, at parts, but that's a personal bugbear, not not everybody else's. John Williams' score is, as you would expect, phenomenal. You know, the guy should be. Uh, 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 it it should be worshipped more than the jedi religion shall we say the guy's music and this is sensational it's it it looks the film does look spectacular in parts it It looks brilliant i still think the the last jedi looks the best out of all the star wars films this looks fantastic also it really really does um there's some surprising uh, cameos um as i said spoilers Han Solo coming back was um a nice touch. I think that's that was probably done owing to the death of Carrie Fisher and um it it makes sense when you see it. Um I think the way that they handled Leia's death was was good. It was a good plot point that stuck everything together. Give more sneer and vitriol and vinegar. Um C three PO has given it a much bigger role. Um, Anthony Daniels probably probably hasn't done as much in in, in this Star Wars film. Um, as, well, since the original trilogy, I wouldn't my bet Um C three PO for me though has always been the one character that, that yes is useful. Yes, he can be a good comic foil. Things get a little bit irritating at, at parts, but that's a personal bugbear. Not not everybody else's. John Williams' score is, as you would expect, phenomenal. You know, the guy should be... A, 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 it, it should be worshipped more than the Jedi religion, shall we say. The guy's music, and this is sensational. It's, it, it looks... The film does look spectacular in parts. It looks brilliant. I still think the, the Last Jedi looks the best out of all the Star Wars films. This looks fantastic also. It's, it really, really does um there's some surprising uh cameos um as i said spoilers han solo coming back was um a nice touch i think that's that was probably done or went to the death of carrie fisher and um it, it makes sense when you see it um i think the way they handled leia's death was was good it was a good plot point that stuck everything together um uh, Chewbacca as I said earlier is given with things to do um, he's not allowed to grieve again bear in mind that in that Force Awakens he wasn't given a moment to sort of grieve hand properly he does let out a howl when he finds out about Leia but again it's very brief and sudden and over with nice touch with the medal being given to him was it necessary no again fan service Um and now we're going to have to come to the elephant in the room the big reveal of the trailers for the rise of the skywalker was the return of the emperor in the crawl of the film the first line is the dead speak and i literally turned and looked at my family and to myself i went the fucking dead speak what The return of the Emperor has not been alluded to in any way, shape or form in The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi. His return, when you step back and you look at the film series as a whole, doesn't make any sense. I know it's a science fiction fantasy film, but when you've got a fan base as rabid and invested as the Star Wars fans, the... A sudden expectancy that hang on, that guy you thought was dead for the last 34 years or whatever it is, <laughs> surprise. You know, we saw in that film that guy plummet through that shaft, blow up, explode, whatever happened. That Death Star he was on was destroyed, smashed into a million pieces. So, you telling me he still survived that? And managed to get people to put him back together. Without anybody in the galaxy realising. Oh and he has hundreds upon thousands of Sith worshippers are they? Who were able to build tens of thousands of Star Destroyers. Now I'm a big believer in suspending belief. But it's gone too far. The, 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 the sort of easy fix is not the easy fix um you know it doesn't make sense and oh uh the big bad of the last two films snoke oh he was just merely a puppet for the emperor fuck off he wasn't that was never part of the plan the, 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 if you listen to jj J. abrams um there was a story arc they knew where they were what they were going to do with the trilogy Bullshit! Absolute bullshit! They panicked. The Disney didn't like the negativity towards the last Jedi. They thought that we going to get people back on front, back on side. We can't bring in the back; he's dead. But we could do the Emperor, couldn't we? Yes. No. Fuck off. A load of rubbish. Um. Add to which, suddenly, when the Emperor comes back to full fitness, for what a better word. He suddenly has this, this unbelievable power where he can take out an commander of spaceships by shooting lightning bolts at them. Really? Fuck off. So anyway, is the film a disappointment? It's not a disappointment, because the film, when it, when it, when it gets going and it, it's got its own momentum, it's it's enjoyable and it is enjoyable. I think there is a little bit too much fan service, way too much fan service. Yeah, bring those people, bring a, a cool character or a cameo back. Yeah, do it. Yeah, but the thing is, do you really need to see a spaceship that's been in a cartoon? Did the Emperor after me, the big bargain, come back? I don't know. I don't know. And again, going back to splitting the film into a part, rather than trying to cram everything in in two hours, doing a part one and a part two might have been a more feasible idea. That way, you guarantee people are gonna come back. And you know, it's all, about, it's all about the dollars at the end of the day. Good, not great. I'd score it six out of 10. And that's what Winstone watched.
0: So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of episode 60. 60 episodes! Yes! We're closing in on that 100. Just another 40 to go. <laughs> okay, I want to say thank you to our very special co host for this episode, Lucy, for being on. And of course, our roaming reporter for What Winstone Watched This Week. <laughs> I don't know if he's made many friends with that review, but um, make sure you drop him a note online. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And as always, please don't forget to uh, pop on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review over there. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Please drop us a line. We're always happy to engage with you. And as always, I appreciate every listen. Um, I'm always humbled by the fact that people are willing to come and listen to us. Thank you so much. Um, it means an awful lot. Um, so thank you very, very much. And that's all that's left for me to say now in the immortal words of Count Ducula. Good night out there. Whatever you are.